be blessed over and over and over again so that they can continue to give because of what they are getting out of the ministry. In the lovely name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you as the men serve you. Thank you to our uh, team this morning for doing a, an as usual awesome job of of leading us in worship. This morning um, we're going to speak on the topic influence without answers. Influence without answers. So if you will stand with me and honor the reading of God's word. We will go to Acts chapter 15 and read verses 24 through 27 in your hearing. Uh, thank you, kids. Great to see you all. We're going to read Acts chapter 15. Thank you. You take them. Yeah, there she comes. Yeah. Thanks, Luann. Acts 15, 24 through 27. For as much as we have heard, that certain which went, now I want you to get that uh, bold letter there, out from us have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying you must be circumcised to keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good unto us, being on accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now that is a critical comment. The Holy Spirit connects me to that even as I speak it. Men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas and shall also tell you the same things by mouth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. I pray that you would open our eyes that we could see in our ears, that we could hear in our heart, that we could understand what the Word of God is saying to us. And then as we recognize the Word of God, may we apply it to our lives and may we be changed into the image of your dear Son. Now, Father, we surrender ourselves, yield ourselves, and sanctify ourselves to the preaching of your Word. May the Holy Spirit... Having heard from Jesus Christ minister through your servant today to speak words of truth into the ears of your hearer, we surrender to that and we expect it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen and amen and you may be seated. We live in troubling times, as I've said to you on many occasions. I want you to, I, this message is going to focus on uh, some being, some that went and some that were sent. But as I read this text, I look at verse 26. And I see the comment that men who have hazarded their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a sad commentary that the life that these men died for, Jesus died, 
most of the apostles were uh, met with a, a, a very difficult death. One apostle being crucified upside down because he said he didn't deserve to die as his Lord had died. These men who hazarded their lives, who put their lives in danger for truth, have come 2,000 years down the road and their ministry and their message has been given around the world and obviously is not yet going everywhere because Jesus said when it did that he would return. But these men who put their lives on the line for a message, these men, now watch this, who put their, their lives on the line to continue to do and to teach what their Lord had done and taught. These men who uh, spent their lives attempting to simply keep doing the things that Jesus did. They hazarded their lives and even out from among them came those who did not preach the gospel in the gospel truth. Came and coming out from among them were those who still held to some other gospel. They wanted to preach and teach it another way. They wanted to hold on to something that they thought was essential. The writer in the book of Acts, Dr. Luke says that they have troubled you with words that were not true. Well, we've gone to the other end of the spectrum in our day and age. In this story, they had troubled them about the, the law and circumcision and following the teaching of Moses. But they were, and, and they, I want you to get this, they were sent out from among them. So they were men that had influence. They were men that came from a school of influence. But they went to speak a language, a gospel that did not rhyme or jive with the gospel of the apostles or with what Jesus began to do and to teach. They went with influence, but they did not have the answers. They went out from among them, but they did not have the insight, the concepts, or the ideas of which those who were the apostles of Jesus Christ, who were baptized in the Spirit of God, who were led by the Spirit of God, who were with Jesus Christ through His earthly teaching, they did not have the answers. They only had the influence. They could say to the world, yes, we have come out from among them. Yes, we are. We know them. We know them well. We've been with them. But they only had the influence of having been in their presence. They did not have the answers that the apostles possessed. We live in a world just like that today, except it's going to the other end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum says everybody's okay, don't worry about it. Let's get along. Let's all be one. Everybody just needs to know that God loves you right where you are. We accept you as you are. And the influencers of this world are those that have now been the ones who are going 
but are not sent. We've been studying the concept of the development and the training of the inner man. When we look at the scripture and we find out that even in the days after Jesus in the early church, there were those who were going to pervert the gospel. There were those who were going to teach the gospel inaccurately, incorrectly. They were going to bring about an irresponsible measure to the word of God that exists in our world today. Paul began to teach in Romans chapter 1. And when he began to teach about this, he began to identify those that would be in the world that would pervert the very God of whom they were being exposed to to make the God actually reside in themselves. What a sad thing to be into. They brought about a ministry message in, in Acts chapter 15. The same thing the world is doing now. It was a message of confusion and it was a message that upset the church of the day. Look at the scripture. Paul said, the writer said that it's a subverting message. It's a message of troubling words. What's going on in our world today? Why is our world being troubled? Now I want you to see this, ladies and gentlemen. We're all preaching out of the same book. But the message is garbled. The message is confused. Well, let me ask you a question. Did the Bible address that? Did the Bible ever say anything concerning confusion? Said God is not the author of what? Confusion. God is not the author of upset, so there has to be something behind the message that is being given today that we can look to and say it is not of God. Because it is a message that is a message of confusion, it is a message of upset. It is a message of distrust. It is a message of division. It is a harmful message. It is a message that puts the church, which is governed by the Holy Spirit and complete in Christ, in a light that would say you've been teaching it wrong all the time. What a sad state of affairs. They were teaching and converting people and telling them, all you have to do now is just do this and everything is fine. Paul came along and he said, no, 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 no. That's not the truth about the word of God. That's not the truth about what you should be hearing, what you should be listening to, nor the life of which you should be living. Paul dealt with them and descended with them. And those, now watch this, that went but were not sent, said to Paul. You take Barnabas and you go back to Jerusalem. When you get back to Jerusalem, you meet with the apostles and see what they say. Now, why would they say that? Because they knew that there had been those that were saved out of the sect of the Pharisees who still believed in the traditional thing that needed to be done when you were converted. So Paul walks in to the people in Jerusalem and he begin, they begin to talk about this and they begin to break it down and lo and behold, now watch what I'm about to say. In the middle of the group at the Jerusalem council, there rose up a sect and said, oh no, this is right. This is the way it should be done. 
A man should be circumcised before he can be converted because that's what Moses taught. So they begin to have this round table discussion. Now here's what I want you to see. In the middle of the world today that you live in, you are going to be bombarded with information. It's going to sound good. It's going to even feel good to you. It's going to be a, a message that says everybody can be included. Everybody can be tolerated. Everybody can sit at the same table with Jesus Christ because he died for all of them. And you know what? That sounds good, doesn't it? And there is a kernel of truth in it. Jesus Christ brought everybody to his table. He took the whore, the prostitute, the sinner. He took the tax collector and he said, you're okay. Paul turned around though and he began to preach to those people. And he said that you have subverted the gospel until you became God and not God himself. You are now your own God because that's what you believe. You do things that are wrong. You do things that are wrong with your own body. You subvert the very God of which you say that you're living for. Paul looked at them and said, this isn't right. And the Pharisees said, oh, yes, it is. Yeah, this is fine because it meets with our theology. It meets with our progressive theology. It meets with our liberal theology. Theology. It meets with the concept that everybody everywhere is okay. But I want you to know, my friend, everybody that has influence does not have the answer. Everybody that has influence does not have the answer. We've got great people that are standing in pulpits in our country today that are preaching a gospel that Paul would define as another gospel. He would look at that gospel and say, that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is another gospel. It is a perverted gospel. It is a fallen gospel. It is a gospel that lives in darkness. And what happens? They say words that tickle the ear and you say, oh, yes, that, oh, I see that. I I can believe that. I can understand that. Oh, well, now that makes sense to me. You know, I never understood it that way before. And what happens? Their ministry and their gospel begins to grow, and it begins to be prominent. Why would that be? Now, I want you to get this. Watch this right here. Do you see verse 26? Why would men hazard their life for something that was easy. Why would men put their, why would they be in danger if the message that they preached was an all-inclusive message for everybody, anybody, everywhere, do what you want to live like? Why would there be any danger in that message? See, that's why our world today is in the shape it's in because we have taken the danger out of the gospel. We have taken the danger out of the truth and we've said, don't worry about it. You're okay. You're going to heaven no matter how you live, no matter what condition you live in. You're going to go to heaven because God loves you too much. He'll overlook your sin. He'll forget about your sin. Why would these men have been in any danger? if the message they preached was that easy and that simple. Well, there would have been none. 
There would have been no reason for them to hazard their life. Because everybody would have said, oh yes, Paul, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, rock and roll, and the dollar bill. Bless God, come on in. We'll buy all your tents. We'll buy all your books. We'll listen to all your material. Oh, we'll be so positively influenced by what you say, Paul, that everything is going to be absolutely okay. But the Bible did not say that. No, actually, the Holy Ghost said to Paul, don't go there, because if you do, there's going to be trouble. They hazarded their life for what they believed in. They hazarded their life for the truth of the gospel. They hazarded their life because they were willing to call sin, sin, and look people in the eye and say, you probably ought to get your heart right with God. You probably ought to repent of your sin. You probably ought to understand grace. You probably ought to understand that there is a man on the inside of you when you get saved that is calling you and causing you to be refined, purged, and cleansed on the inside. You probably ought to know that Jesus and the glory of God resides on the inside of you and therefore you ought to live life with a God consciousness not a self consciousness oh my God why would they hazard their life for something that everybody could have everybody could do everybody didn't need to worry about any holy God everybody was just going to be okay well, why can't we just live on earth then forever? Why would there ever be a teaching of another day? Why would we need another day? Why would we need a heaven? Why would there ever be taught a hell? Why would the Bible even mention it? Well, the answer is because these men hazarded their lives over a gospel now watch me now that requires something out of people it requires something out of people it requires something out of people now I want to move ahead here now I want you to see this in verse 7 of Acts 15 a man with influence and a man with answer stood up in Acts chapter 15 and verse 7 this is what he said. He said, this ain't my choice. This is God's choice. This isn't what I wanted to do. You remember how this all happened when the gospel came to the Gentile, don't you? Peter was up in the top of the roof waiting on supper and he was praying and he fell into a trance and the Holy Spirit looked at him and said, do you see all of these animals? Take ye and eat. Peter said, nah, 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 God, those are unclean. I'm not eating those. I don't want anything to do with those. Those are outside of anything you told the Jew to take part of. And the Lord said to him, take ye and eat. Not shortly thereafter, somebody came to Peter and, and they began to call from the outside and say, Peter, Cornelius has sent us to you. And Peter then woke from the trance and realized what God was doing in terms of sending the ministry into the Gentile world. And Peter goes to uh, Cornelius 
And they began to worship him, and he said, don't worship me. I'm not worthy to be worshipped. There is one that is, though. And Peter began to teach them and preach them, and the Bible said they were saved and began to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with the language of which they didn't know. And Peter looked around and said, this is the same thing that you got. If this is the same thing that you got, and it's the same thing I have, and you haven't, then we all have to be what? One together. So Peter looked around and said, this was not my choice. That's what the world is missing in preaching and teaching today. We are making our choices. We are making the, Detroit, the choices, not the word of God. Someone said the other day, Pastor, you don't have the right to judge anybody. I do not judge one soul. I have never looked at anybody and said you're going to hell. What I have said to them is the word of God judges that if you don't turn your life over and repent, the word of God declares that he is going to one day, he is going to one day judge you for your sin and your sin will cause you to be cast into the place of outer darkness and there you will live for eternity. I am not making that judgment the word of God is making that declaration you must understand that I was a sinner once just like they were just like they are I'm not judging anybody I'm not looking at you and saying you're filthy the word of God is looking at you and saying you're filthy now watch this Watch what I'm about to say because this is critical. Jesus said these words. He said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Didn't he say that? And John said that from this, he was indicating the method by which he would die. Well, that sounds good. So we can say, well, Jesus was lifted up from the earth, so he'll draw all men unto him. That's good, isn't it? Except we understand that Jesus not only was lifted up on a cross, where he stood between heaven and earth, he was lifted up into heaven in Acts chapter 1. The Bible said they saw him as he went away into the Shekinah glory of God and the angel stood there. And the angel said, why, ye men of uh, 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 Jerusalem, why stand ye so amazed? This same Jesus that you just saw go away shall come again in like fashion. Is that not accurate? All right. Now, but Paul tells us something about our inner man that we need to be aware of. Because the world right now is living in influence without answers. We have churches on every corner that has influence but no answers. They don't preach the truth. They don't talk the truth. They don't refine the inner man. They believe that you, because of your natural man, should be allowed to sin all you want and you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So when you sin, just say, I'm sorry, and step over it and go on. And never understanding that the inner man is the place where you will develop and be trained how to live, how to operate, how to walk in this world and walk in the spirit and be more, what did Betty say, than an overcomer. Now how are we going to do that? Because if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Now wait a minute. What happens here with this drawing? 
Does he mysteriously draw from the portals of heaven? Because if he does, he ain't doing a very good job. Think about what I'm saying. The world is in disarray. Our gospel is being perverted. The God we love is being lied about. The God we love is being projected as a marketing tool into a world in a way that absolutely does not respect what God did in sending Jesus Christ to the cross. Doesn't respect that. Why? Because we don't understand if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Now, where is he going to do that from? Is he, is he doing that from heaven today? Is he just sitting up there arbitrarily drawing people from all ends of the way? If he is, my friend, he, he must be uh, uh, sleeping on the job because the world is going in a, spinning in a cycle that is of no use. No, 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 no. Paul said that Christ would be in you the hope of glory. So whenever Jesus makes the statement, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, would draw all men unto me, he is making a twofold recognition. Number one, he is recognizing that the cross would be the catalytic event that would set in motion the opportunity for the second most catastrophic event in the life of any man, woman, boy, and girl, that you would be saved and Christ would come to live inside of you and out of you he would draw all men unto himself. Now that's what's happening in the world today. It's a subverted message though. Why is that, Mike? It's a message of a lie. It's a message of disrespect. Why is that, Mike? Because we are not living to refine the inner man and therefore out of our intellect comes things that we can say, well, you know, Jesus was just like that. Jesus was born to a single mother. Oh, yeah, Jesus was born to a single mother. My blessed God. There was this woman down there, and she got pregnant. And she, he, there, there is no divine message in it. There is no divine plan of God. There is nothing more than just to say that Jesus had a single mother. So if you're a single mother, well, that's okay, because that's how God does business whenever he has already taught us from the word of God that that is not the methodology for rearing children, for family children, for raising children, for parenting children, but the message of the subverted gospel says oh he had a single mother he did not have a single mother, he had a heavenly father and an earthly mother you can't get around that that's bible doctrine the word of God plainly teaches that someone said oh he was an immigrant Glory to God, if we want to go along with that theology, well, he did go out of Jerusalem into Egypt. But if we want to go along with that theology, then we got to go along with the rest of the theology. What is that, Mike? God brought him back out of Egypt into Jerusalem so the immigrants of our world should go back home. If that's the theology we want to live by, if that's the message we want to pr produce, it is the message wrapped in a lie. It is disrespectful of the wisdom of God. We need to understand that, friends. This word that is being taught today is disrespectful of truth. 
And yet we are putting millions of dollars into a message that is a bold-faced lie. It is wrapped in darkness. Here we stand. Peter says God has made a choice. What is that choice that he would include? Now get this, that he would include, that he would include the Gentile. And that every man, woman, boy, and girl, every one of them, who would come because he has been lifted up in somebody. Now the devil knew that. So what has the devil done? He has got people to pervert the gospel and to begin to speak things that sound good, to begin to share things that have a kernel of truth, that has a half-truth, but it is not the truth. And the world has run to it. And the world has gone and built mega churches with men that are preaching and teaching a perverted gospel, another gospel. But the Bible said, and I, if I be lifted up, will do what? Will draw them into me. What's he saying? He's saying to you and me, if you'll lift me up out of your inner man, if you'll refine your inner man, if you will begin to live for me out of your inner man, if you will begin to let me train your inner man, people will automatically gravitate to you. I see it every day. I see it every day. People gravitate. They gravitate to me. They gravitate to me on my work. They gravitate to me at the golf course. They gravitate to me. They gravitate to me at the, at the uh, grocery store. What happens? How does it happen? What, what do they say? Many of them say, and have you ever heard this? There's just something different about you. Huh? You ever heard that? There's just something different about you. Well, wait a minute. What is it that's different? What is it that's different? Am I telling them, hey, if you'll read my book in 15 minutes, you'll be a success. If you'll just do what I tell you to do, you, you'll be able to Pay, pay no money down, cash-free on a house. Oh, if you just read my book and learn how to operate by the faith that I operate from, Bob, bless God, you'll be the billionaire in your city. That's not what I tell anybody. Not what I tell anybody. Most of the time, my conversation with them does not even begin to get into the Scripture, but they know who I am. They know how to talk around me. They know how to ask me questions and get a feedback. They know how to, to operate with me in the love of God. And the Spirit of God opens windows and doors for moments and times whenever I can put in a word of God and, and introduce something out of my spirit man to them. Yeah, He'll draw all men to you. Now, why would He do that? Now, now here's the thing you've got to understand. Listen closely. God is not in heaven with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. There is a Godhead that is in heaven. I should have started this by saying Christ is not in heaven. Christ is in you. Every one of you that are born again. He resides in you. God, the Father, and the Son, the Godhead, 
the three, reside in heaven. The Bible said they bear witness or record in heaven. But Paul said that Christ would be in you. Out of you would resonate the Christ. And out of you would be the thing that would draw all men to you. Now look, Peter and John walked by the, the man who was sitting at the gate. Now watch what the Bible said. And the Bible said that he began to look on them. And they began to look back. In other words, they made eye contact. They made eye contact. Now, something was there that said to them, these men might have something to give to me. What did Peter do? Peter looked at the man and said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have now, such as I have, what is in me, such as I have, I give unto you. And he reached to the man, and the, the man knew that there was not going to be any silver and gold. But there was something that he was willing to give to him that the man did not have. So when Peter reached to him, took him, the Bible said he began to snap into place. Peter reached him up. Where did that come from? Why was that man drawn to Peter and why was that Peter, Peter drawn to that man? Because there was something on the inside of Peter that was functioning. I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Now that man has influence and he has answers. Peter looked at them and said, listen friends, God has made a choice. We're not going to go against God because God has made a choice. Now we're going to turn around and send some that will go out from among us that will preach the gospel correctly, that will tell the world who Jesus is, that will tell the world what Jesus has done, that will tell the world how to fix what's wrong with their inner man. And Paul began to go out preaching the word of God. He said there have been miracles and wonders that we've already done among them. Then Paul begins to write the book of Acts, which if we had one book to go by, the entire Bible, Romans rather, would be that book because it tells us from beginning to end who we are, what we are, where we're going, how we're going to get there, and at the end of it, what we should be once we arrive. All of that. In Paul's writing, when they were sent under the word of God, they begin to preach truth. Now, I'm not done, but I'm finished. You'll have to get the rest of this tonight at 6 o'clock. Because tonight at 6 o'clock, I'm going to show you where the Jewish rulers had influence, but they had no answers. I'll show you that tonight at 6 o'clock. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Father... Today we're going to pray about a world that is subverting the gospel, that's preaching the gospel that is a lie, that has no respect for the wisdom of God, that has no understanding of the wisdom of God, that has no understanding of the doctrine nor the plan of God, but is subverting a message that will be an easy message, that'll be a message that requires no commitment, no discipline, no lifestyle change. That'll preach a message that does not hazard anybody's life. 
Father, we know that message has to be a lie because we read what the Scripture has said in Acts chapter 15, verse 26. They hazarded their lives for the message of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So it can never be an easy message. Can never be a message that we simply say, well, you know, all of that was for their day. All of that was for their time. All of that was for a time when the river was running this way. But now the river has moved. And we built a bridge over the old river, but now the river has moved. So we have to change our message. We have to change our methods. We have to change our direction because we have to just go along with the times. Now, Father, the book hasn't changed. And the Bible is very clear that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if the river has changed and the culture has changed and the society has changed, instead of us looking to change with it, we should be asking ourselves, how in the world did the message get so perverted and subverted that it changed to begin with? What have we done? What have we done with the gospel of Jesus Christ that allowed mankind to run in the directions that they have run? How have we not refined and defined our inner man so that you could use us to draw men to you? Now as you pray today, I want you to ask the Lord, Father, refine my inner man so that I can be the one to draw someone to you that you can use to draw people to me. That you can use me as the magnet that causes mankind to be drawn to you. May, I ref may you refine my inner man until I can be used by the Christ in me who was risen up from the earth but yet resides in my inner man until I can draw. Be the one used to draw men to you. Now stand with me and let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lift your hands and say thank you, Lord. I receive that today. In my heart, I receive the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ that is in me to be a magnet, to be used by the Christ in me to draw others until they will see the real God, until they will see the truth, the truth that Jesus Christ is the way and the only way. May they see that through me. May I be the magnet. May I be the one used by Christ in me to draw the world to see truth in me, to see that I am resides. Father, we take that today. We receive it today. We honor you for it. We give you glory. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
want to speak to those of you on YouTube, Lifting My Radio, Mike Springs, and FFC, and Facebook. I want to tell you today, if you don't know him, you can know him. You can be saved today. Now that saved, being saved is going to require a commitment of process whereby you are willing to allow your inner man to be trained in the knowledge of truth, in the knowledge of who he is, so that you can have the Christ in you be used to draw other men unto him. If you don't know him today, simply pray this prayer. Father, forgive me, I'm a sinner. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. I take him into me. I commit that I will allow you to develop me in my inner man to be used as the person that the Holy Spirit will use to draw men to Christ. Thank you for it. Amen and amen. God bless you. Now get in the Bible, church. Stay with us on Facebook, YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio, or wherever you hear from us. Let us teach you the Word of God. You'll be blessed by it. Father, I pray that you'll minister to your people today. God, that you'll keep them safe in the hollow of your hand and under the shadow of your wing. May they be blessed going in and coming out. And we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ, our High Priest, Lord and God. Amen and amen. Hold on just a second. Yes, and I meant to mention that. The donations for the Legacy Shelter box, Jesse and Shelton did that. Please bring your donations and put them in that box out there. The clothing that we mentioned to you before. And so that box is outside and we want to fill that box up so Juliana can take it. God bless you. Have a good day.